A, B, C. A always, B, B, C closing. Always be closing. Okay, all right, so it's correct. So, what's up, everybody? Uh, Cam here, another episode of Scare Money, Don't Make Money. Uh, as always, it is me, and... And always, it's your boy, Roy, just trying to just trying to make it do what it do. And uh, we have a very special guest today. We had uh, t- uh, Todd Simmons. He is a retired Chief Master Sergeant uh, in the Air Force. Uh, and we are very excited to have him today. I'm going to let him introduce himself just because I feel like that's just the best representation of it all. So um, by all means, Todd, if you can, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, sir. No, I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate it, Rory Cameron, the opportunity to sit on here and uh, talk to you guys. You know, right before you started recording the show, and you were talking, and Rory was telling me the last time he saw me, I just remembered that was the last public event that I ever had in the Air Force after 25 years, was that LaGrange, Georgia recruiting annual awards event. That was the last time I was in mess dress. So, so a little <laughs> bit about me, you know, Todd Simmons retired out of the Air Force, man, 25 years, seven months, 17 days. <laughs> Um, great run, great run, man. And I will tell you, um, you know, I know you guys is background, but you know, the why I ended my book in as recruiting event is because that's how I came in the Air Force from a great recruiter who took a chance on me. But I'm originally from South Carolina, small town of South Carolina, recruited out of Beaufort, South Carolina. I'm from a small town, Hardyville, South Carolina. Uh, traveled around the world, man. It was a great run. Retired, uh, like like I said, after 25 and a half years, moved up here to Gatesburg, Maryland. So I live in the DMV area now. Mm. Just been enjoying life. Ten months into this new civilian life, and I, I can't even lie and say I'm 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 enjoying it every day. So oh, the resurgence resurgence of who Todd Simmons was in 1994. So when he came into this thing. So oh, there you go. So what um so what was your original motivation for when you came in? Man, honestly, original motivation, man, was um, I needed a plan A and a plan B <laughs> and a plan C and yep. a plan D. And yep. I will tell you, man, those plans were super limited, right? I, yep. I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I didn't do well in school, you know, and I'm very public in my, you know, about things I've written and, 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 and things that I've talked about on stage about, you know, when I, I graduated from high school with like a two point some two point oh GPA, mm-hmm. you know, I, fa- I, I failed several several grades, you know, uh, fourth grade, eighth grade, yeah, and, and was in danger of not uh, graduating high school. So, you know, by the time I was eighteen years old, my plan A, B, and C and D uh, was was <laughs> going to the military. Yeah, you know, going to the military. So, I mean, Air Force wasn't my original choice. I, you know, I didn't think I could get into the Air Force. Mm. And I and I originally didn't. Oh. So so and and I originally didn't. So oh, wow. that's why I say a recruiter man kind of kind of was that Superman hero came down and swooped me into the Air Force. But yeah, man, my whole my whole thing by my senior year, you know, three four months from graduating, which I I didn't know if I was going to graduate or not, was what am I going to do with my life? So yeah, oh. I was fortunate enough to come from an area that was heavy military influence, and I just saw that as my way out. That was my motivation, to be honest with you. Man, who does that sound like, Roy? <laughs> you, uh, you and I share a kindred soul, sir. <laughs> that, I, that's, I tell me and Roy have a standing joke on the show that I went from uh, I went from family lunch to owning a house in Sacramento, California. Because oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know, um, you know, your family, but I, I grew, I, you know, people on the show know I grew up. Uh, I'm the only child to a single mother. 
yeah. went to 13 different schools growing up, just moved, you know, all in California or whatever. And uh, same thing, like I, fa- I was failing PE my senior year. And he was like, yo, you're not going to graduate, man. I was like, I, I've already signed up for the Air Force. I have to graduate. <laughs> my French teacher convinced my other teachers to, to essentially give me a grade so I can graduate. Because I literally didn't show up to my high school my last two and a half months. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Oh, so yeah. two and a half months, I didn't even show up back to school for some other things um, that got me into some trouble. <laughs> But I didn't show I didn't show up back up to school and I was in and I and I was in danger of failing, right? So they basically gave me a grade to graduate. Uh-huh. And you know, and and I don't really it's no joke, it's not even a joking matter because you know, I talk to you know, I talk to kids. I mean it's it's I can joke about it because I look back and you know, and I've corrected a lot of those things and I've been able to tell people about them and be public about it. Yeah. But you know the last time you know the last time I've been to my high school? The day, I, the day I graduated, <laughs> you know, it, it was it was about fifteen years. I didn't even know if I was allowed back on the campus. Oh my gosh! It was like, so, wow, just go, so, don't come back. <laughs> it was one of those things. I came and walked, you know, across the stage and got my diploma. And I never went back, yeah. you know. And but you know, I tell you, when I retired, the greatest thing feeling when I retired, I did well. You know, like all of us joined the Air Force, and we got a second chance at life. Yeah. You know, one of the first things I did when I started my company is I gave a scholarship to a senior in my high school. Oh, that's cool. Mm. That's Cash nice. scholarship. Yeah. And I did that this last year. And um, that was kind of my way of going, you know, you know, I can, you know, I'm in an opportunity to give back. Even though when I was there, I didn't take this serious and I didn't, yeah. I didn't achieve great academic success my first 18 years. I understand the value of that and, 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 in some cases, I got lucky, right? Yeah. And I worked hard, but it wasn't all luck. But I'm here now, so let me let me see how I can change that narrative. For sure, so. that's I know I know Roy's a big fan of that. That's that's the that's the definition of of, of trying to bring up your community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's it. I mean, especially like giving back. But I think the biggest integral part of all of that is the hard work. Um, that hard work aspect of it um a lot of people especially now negate that fact like even like running your own business like that is that is work you know i tell yeah absolutely i can i can go get two jobs i can go get any you know somebody offered me a job yesterday yeah making good money i get offered jobs quite often i can go on a job clock a punch a clock do what i do make a lot of money and come home and and live the suburban life right (laughs) You know, running your own business is a risk. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. risk every day, and and you're going to work at it. Some some nights in the beginning of my business, I was up till two o'clock in the morning. Oh, I bet. You know, sending emails. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to figure out this, creating content, doing all these things. But it's it's the name of your show, right? Scared money don't make no money, right? Yeah. You know, in, in in a sense of you know of of that of that phrase because. If you think that you have something inside of you that you can achieve, the minute you don't try to do that, you're going to have regrets. For sure. and, and I live my life with absolutely no regrets. So I tell people, I had no idea how to start a business 14 months ago, but I knew I had the ability to work hard. Mm-hmm. I know I had the ability to go try and I know I could accept failure over and over again until I got it right. 
So yeah. when you've got those key principles in your life that you're not afraid to go fail and learn and get back up, do it better, may fail again, get back up, do it better. If you can't, if you, if you don't have those principles, then, then you are going to be afraid to do things. You're going to be afraid to step out. Yeah. But, but like you said, was, you know, I started in life knowing that things wasn't going to be fair to me. Yeah. Yep. You, know, I, well, you know, I started in life, you know, knowing that, you know, at 16, 17 years old, I, I knew I wasn't going to college. Yeah. That, that wasn't for me. You know, when I went, when I joined the Air Force and you, and you guys in your Air Force profession would appreciate this. And for some reason, for 25 years, I never changed my ASPAP score. You know, if you pull out your, a certain oh, yeah. time you can see your ASPAP scores on. I <laughs> yeah, you can see. I never changed them. Yeah, on your rip, I never changed them the whole time I was in the Air Force. Yeah, and you know why I didn't change them? Because I, that was a reflection of where how much growth and how much work I did. My ASPAP score in, in 1993 will not even you can't even recruit an airman in 2020 off my ASPAP score. <laughs> Think about that. Dang. Think about that for a second. In 2020, you can't even bring an airman in the Air Force on the ASVAS score I got. That's how Sergeant Beck was, uh, Roy. Remember that? Yeah. Roy, yes, he came, he came in on the ASVAB waiver. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but guess what? I ended up being the senior enlisted leader for all Air Force education. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And I, and I and I and that's one of the things you know I know when Roy and I recruited because he was my trainer so that's that's how me and Roy got connected when I was in the when I was I was a recruiter down in Louisiana and he was my trainer and that was I think one thing him and I really um, connected on was that you know no one's better than anybody you know and this score doesn't make you know and that was one of the things that throughout my recruiting career I, I stuck to you know I can't tell you how many. 99 ASFAB kids where I told them, I said, you're going to, you're going to get the exact same speech. I give somebody with a 40 ASFAB score. Cause all you guys will be treated the same in my office. You are all, you all have the same potential in my eyes. I don't care how good you took this test. <laughs> and, uh, and that's a hard thing to do, but you're right. Like it's just a number. Yeah. And you know what? And I dealt with this on active duty too. And we dealt with this not only in uh, enlisted a session, but you know, we don't want, I know we staring away from military, but this no, is a life yeah, thing. Yeah, no, this, for isn't, sure. this isn't about the military. This is about life because yeah. you know, you know, you can see someone and I see it all the time. Right. Mm. You know, like right now you're out of uniform mm. and you know, the guests can see you right now. You got a little beard, you know, you got, <laughs> got a little tattoo showing, got a little t-shirt, <laughs> you know, People are going to put you in a certain category regardless, right? Of if you walk out in certain areas, if you walk out of your door in certain areas, you know, but when you put that uniform on and you shave, people yep. are going to put you in another category. Yep. And, and I will tell you, um, it's something I actually teach now, but we all, we all have to step back from ourselves because that recruiter, that young staff sergeant who recruited me, mm -hmm. and I had everything that, that uh, stereotypically people oh, yeah. would shy away from mm -hmm. you know i had the attitude i had the look yeah. you know i you know i had i had the haircut you know i had the flashy car yeah. you know i had the flashy <laughs> jewelry on looked like i was just completely up to no good yeah you know but he saw something through that right and you have to and i don't know how many times as a as a leader in the military 
that I've had to educate across or when I saw someone, mm -hmm. um, you got to take away all of that, that exterior. Yeah. You got to yeah. take away and you got to find out who they are inside. Mm -hmm. And because um, at the end of the day, man, my success was on people believing in me. For sure. Mm -hmm. And people giving me the opportunity to excel. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, and, and, I, and that, was always, that was always the case. You know, people told me I couldn't do plenty of things, you mm -hmm. know, but there were also plenty of people who told me I can do plenty of things. For sure. So, you know, we, we just have to understand that, you know, and you guys got to, you know, what you do professionally is such an important aspect, but in life, you know, in life, I'm willing to give anybody a chance. For sure. You know, I've, you know, I've, I've hired people who have not worked out to be what I expected them to be. That's okay. I hope they gained something from me and moved yeah. on and can get a little bit better, but I will give you an opportunity. For sure. You know? And, and, and I would do anything I can to give you opportunity. So that's, you know, for, for me, um, you know, I guess if you can look at it in a stereotypical way, it's about never forgetting where you come from. But it's bigger than never forgetting where you come from. Never forget who you were. For sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, that's still <laughs> true. <laughs> the, the, I, mean, the, I mean, and that's so big because, like, who you were, I mean, it's kind of like how we were talking about earlier, like, closed mouths don't get fed. And it's that growth that you have to expound on because I think a lot of times where we come from and how we were raised that that really sets that foundation of how we are in life like it it gives a whether it was a bad upbringing good upbringing great upbringing it's just a there are some principles that just kind of stick with you because when you say like um again closed mouths don't get fed I can't count on my hand how many times my mom said that to me growing up no um but that is just something that stuck with me and is one of my core like philosophies like of just trying to hey i'm gonna say it whether you say yes or no but it kind of goes back to like having no regrets like you said earlier so roy's smart about it though i i take it to a whole new level <laughs> yeah, yeah i'll ask really. questions he's like why did you ask that i'm like i because I'm not going to get an answer if I don't ask it. He's like, no. <laughs> no curiosity is good, man. Be, continue to be curious about everything. I'm a question. I, I ask questions about everything, right? I remember I used to ask so many questions because, you know, I was in a place in my life at 18, 19 years old. I didn't know anything. I'd never been on an airplane before until I went to BMT. Oh, so, you know, so life is a learning uh, experience, you know, and I, I always ask questions. It's the, it's the base of curiosity. And back to what, you know, Roy was saying, you know, it's a foundation for me. Mm -hmm. I know what my foundation is. You know, I watched, a, I was, my mom was single parent too. And I watched, you know, my siblings are 10 years older than me, nine and 10 years oh, wow. older than me. So I was kind of in the house doing that age mm -hmm. by myself, you know, with my, they were gone, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm the youngest. So, but I watched my mom work three jobs. Mm -hmm. I tell people, you know, and you know, I, I, I'm writing, I got a book coming out next year and I write about that. And um, I write a lot about it. And even on that subject, you know, because the book ain't out, you can't buy it now. So yeah. I'm not really, I'm not really hustling a book right now. We'll yeah. come back <laughs> when the book come out. But, but, but my book is called Why Not Me? Yeah. You know, it's, it's called Why Not Me? Born to Fail, Destined to Succeed. Mm. So, and why I named it that book is like, you know, I might've been born with all the odds against me, but I was destined to succeed. Mm -hmm. I was given all the ingredients. So I, you know, 
I, I ain't ashamed to say I just watched a new Karate Kid series that came out. Right? Hey, hey, that's my jam right there. Hey, look. <laughs> Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. <laughs> so I just watched the Karate. So I watched the first two seasons, right? I binge watched the first two seasons. <laughs> but you know what? You know, and I've been watching, you know, that's, that's 80s for me when I was a kid. I watched, you know, but, but I just brought back exactly the principles of, of, you may not know, not from Cobra Kai, you know, from, from, Miyagi <laughs> Do, from Miyagi Dojo, you know, the principles of you may think you're just waxing the car today, but yeah. you're learning life principles. You may think you're just doing this, but you're learning the principles of discipline. And I, and, and, and I tell people my foundation is I watched a woman watch work three jobs. I watched a woman drive at night to cosmetology school after working multiple jobs. I watched a woman own open businesses that were successes and that were failures. I watched her have low points where the lights went out in the house. I watched her have high points where we had great things. Mm -hmm. I watched her low points where it was nothing for Christmas. I watched someone that was relentless in their pursuit. Uh My mom is 73, 74 years old and still owns a daycare today and gets up at five o'clock in the morning. Oh my gosh. In COVID. Yeah, right. Man. That you God, cannot. The hustle. I have five college degrees. No college degree can replace that 18 years of education that I received. Mm-hmm. Nope. Wax Not on, wax sure. off. Yep. I, didn't know, I didn't know what I was receiving. I didn't know what I was receiving watching this. Yep. I didn't know I was receiving watching somebody trade uniforms, go to the and waitress at Shoney's at night after they leave their business. I didn't know what I was watching where my mom paid everything we had out of tip jars. Yep. Tip money. I didn't know what I was watching. But when I got into the Air Force and got myself in a mindset that this is about work. Mm-hmm. Yep. And guess what? I'm looking around the room. There's 10 people in this room smarter than me. There's 10 people in this room that, that probably can do this job better than me, but ain't 10 people in this room ain't gonna work harder than me. Yeah, oh. Yeah, the old, uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the rock, the rock mindset would be the hardest yeah. in the room. <laughs> so, so people always ask me, oh, what, you know, what was your key to success in the Air Force? Work. Yeah, harder than the next person. <laughs> but you know, I mean, but that's a, in, in so many ways, uh, I, I, I kind of look at it like, it's almost like a, a dying art in a sense uh, to me to me like I, I i know it's not true in many cases but sometimes i just like man like that hustle that hustle mentality like nobody wants to work hard but mm-hmm. you gotta work hard if that makes sense like it's just a it's Everybody's almost looking for a shortcut or like a like or like the microwave way what's some yeah the microwave method <laughs> It's the society we live in, right? You know, I mean, I'm sitting in here right now. I'm talking to you on a laptop. I got a second laptop a foot away from me. I got a Mac desktop. I have five computer screens. I have a cell phone right here. Everything I do is instantaneous, right? Mm -hmm. So we've been in that environment for 30 years. Yeah. You got to think about it. For 30 years, the first generation of kids that are completely connected are my kids. Mm-hmm. who are 19 and 24. They, yeah. I mean, their life has been plugged in from day one. For sure. And then there's yeah. a generation coming up that you are now recruiting after them. Oh, yeah. You know? So you cannot blame the human. Mm-hmm. You got to, you know, society has just moved on. For sure. Yeah. Just, so, so, so I had this question last night from another group. I was talking to some folks overseas last night. 
uh, in the evening and we were having, I got this same question. How do you motivate this generation? I'm like, my generation was no more motivated or no less no motivated than this generation. Mm -hmm. And neither was the generation. We just had different uh, pressure points. Correct. Right? Oh. When I grew up, there was one TV in the house and, you know, you went outside and you didn't come back. I mean, it's just a different environment. Exactly. Yeah. The way I was motivated was through force. You know, yeah. I, still, I got paddled in high school. I mean, different yeah. things. I'm not going to say none of that was right. I'm not going to agree with any of that. That was just the time frame that I grew up in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The folks that are growing up today, out the, the, the young kids that are growing up today, they just they just are different. What motivates them is different than what motivated me and what motivated mm -hmm. my mom's generation. Yep. Um, and that's just a difference. And it's not up to them to conform to us. No, for sure. Yep. Because yep. guess what? The generation that's after them will even be different from them and they'll be saying the same thing, right? Yeah. So it's not up to them to conform mm -hmm. to me wanting to have a semblance of the generation that raised me. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's, it's for me to get with where they're going. Yeah. You know, because they're going to be the CEOs. They're going to be the people in charge of the military. They're going, and there's nothing you can do about how they're going to see the world. You're not going to change them. Yeah. No, you're right. So, so why not sit down and have conversations to understand their viewpoints, mm -hmm. which is not always bad, because my generation's viewpoint is not always good. Oh no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 what that's like. Um, I was having a conversation with some of the recruiters. We all had a meeting a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about um, storefronts, you know. And I said, "You don't have to agree with me, but I think storefronts are irrelevant." And they're like, what do you mean? I said, people aren't walking into places anymore. I mean, let's be real. Like, like you said, kids these days, they want access to information. So like when people call me right now, I, I can put somebody in the, the Air National Guard in three emails. Mm -hmm. And people are like, and I'm like, they appreciate that because I don't tell them they got to come in and meet me, you know, once a week, you know, and I know that doesn't, the, that construct doesn't work for everything. But if, in my case, they love it. Cause I'm like, Hey, look, man, I'm going to impose on your life is, least amount of possible and i'm gonna make the process efficient and fast for you and easy and they're like i appreciate that i thought it was gonna be way harder than i than i thought and i'm like no nah, man like i get it you don't have you don't want to waste time i don't want to waste time either <laughs> when, when the last time you were uh either one of you have been to the mall exactly oh yeah i don't go to the mall <laughs> <laughs> my wife goes uh, to the mall i but you know i go to the mall but I know exactly what store I'm trying to go to. I go to it and I walk right back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my wife and I had, and, I'm the, and I grew up in the mall generation. Yeah, so the, yeah, I think we like, the mall was like going to an amusement park. You know, mm -hmm. you grow up as a teenager, you're going to the mall, you're going to hang out in the mall. You, <laughs> yeah. can't, you can't afford a piece of toilet paper in the mall, <laughs> but you're going to be in the mall. Yeah. Yep. You know, but now I can't tell you, I mean, I have a 24-year-old and almost 20-year-old. Um, I can't tell you one time mm -hmm. that from them being 15, 16, whatever, them ever asking me, like, to take them to the mall. And in 2020, I go outside every day and pick up an Amazon Prime package. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because yep. that, is, that is the mall for my 19-year-old. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, right. like, it goes to the point. Just, you know, nothing – 
it's, it's, it's different, but it's not bad. It's just sure. the world has moved on. Yep. And, you know, we get nostalgic about what worked for us. Mm-hmm. So, yep. and, and you mentioned storefronts. That's why I brought up the mall. When's the last time you've been to the mall? You know? Yeah. The no, same thing right. with texting. I mean, people say, well, all they want to do is text. That's not true. I engage with, I engage with young people all the time. Mm-hmm. Conversational. For sure. Now, if you want to meet where they're at, they'll love to have a conversation with you. Exactly. About oh. this. If you're, if you're sparking what their interests are. For sure. You know, I can I can talk to my 19 year old for six hours about politics, and she would actually probably a tick give me a few jabs where I didn't see coming. Yeah. Oh wow. Man. And she's that in tune. Yeah. But yeah. ten other things she don't want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's funny that you say that because like my nine year old son was talking about politics this morning and I'm like, it, it caught me off guard. He was at, like just asking questions. I'm just sitting there scratching my head and like, I didn't even have answers because I was just so stunned. I'm like, why are you talking to me about this? Like, <laughs> why are you going you, so fast? <laughs> like, I mean, we, we just like, we were just having an argument about what to eat for breakfast. So yes. to, tr- to talk about politics, like it, you're right, though. Like at nine years old, I wouldn't think about no politics. Hey, but you got to think, you're nine years old, you didn't have access to the information that he has access to that he doesn't even know. It's just natural, right? Things are moving. True. You know, just him navigating the cell phone or the iPad or the computer to get to what he thinks he wants to get to, mm-hmm. so much things are just passing. Yep. So yep. many things, and they're big multitaskers, right? The TV can be on, they can be doing homework, and they can be listening to music. Mm-hmm. So many things going on at the same time. Yeah. So they're being filled with information. So they're more in tune than we were. I, I didn't, I had to watch CBS News at 11 o'clock at night. That was my inner, you know, that was my injection into the world. I didn't have 24 hour uh, news networks when I was growing up. So just different. Yeah. Just Not different. for sure. No, and, and, that, and that's so, so um, tell us about your business. So what's, so what's the, what's your business that you started? You said 14 months ago, right? Yeah. So, you know, like I said, you know, I talked a little bit about my background, you know, about, you know, I tell you what, man, I'll just be honest with you. 18 years old, and then you let me in the Air Force, I was happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Give me a dorm room, and you gave me free food at the DFAT, yep. winning. For sure. Winning all day. But, but to be honest with you, I met, when I was a senior airman, I met a mass sergeant who was pretty much in, a trans transformational in my life when it comes to my ability. I've always been afraid of education because I had a deficit, right? Yeah. I didn't even join the Air Force reading on a 12th grade level. Mm. So, you know, I was fearful of these things. So I met a master in long story short, who kind of, and I was, a, I was a cop for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, senior airman, I was a guy, you know, had to type a bunch of reports, type up a blotter. I was a desk sergeant. Yeah. And the guy who was uh, correcting my stuff had a, a, a bachelor's degree in English. Oh, God. <laughs> my flight chief just so happened to have a bachelor's bachelor and he was vi- so this guy would like you know really take me to town on all my paperwork mm-hmm. for about a year mm-hmm. and at that point i took like one college class that failed mm-hmm. but then he got me confident in trying to learn how to learn i was very upfront with him i said hey i don't ed- education for me nah i'm good yeah so i took a class failed it and we ended up deploying together when I was a senior airman. 
and he kind of encouraged me. He gave me some things. And I will tell you, man, I read my first book cover to cover when I was 20 years old. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. 20 years old. First book. And so the long story short, man, once I started learning, and this is, this is crazy. When I learned how to learn, yeah. it became an addiction. Mm. So I started learning. I had some failures. I failed college algebra three times. I had some stumbling blocks, right? But yeah. I learned how to learn. Yeah. And I put and I learned how, like, I remember when we deployed and I was a senior airman and I was going to test for staff my first time. Mm-hmm. And that was back in the 90s. Yeah. When the promotion rate was like. Yeah. 10%. Like, 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 like 2%. It was, it, was, it was harsh. I think yeah. it was like 16%. Oh. It was like, and that was considered like super high for staff. Yeah. And that was like unprecedented high. <laughs> I remember, and I, and I remember um, him telling me I can make staff. And I said, there's no way I can make staff. It's my first time, you know, my supervisor is, was a senior airman right before I put on senior airman because he was in seven or eight years. I'm like, huh, you know, I ain't going to make, I'm three years in the game. I'm not going to make staff. Yeah. And that guy taught me how to study. We were in Bosnia, deployed, and he taught me how to study. I haven't studied anything in my life to that point. I got by on repetition, just looking at things. But he taught me how to study, and I made staff my first time. Mm. 13 people in my squadron made staff that year. I was the only one made my first time. All because I learned how I – and so so fast forward. I'm not going to take you through the whole life, but fast forward, I had this addiction for learning. And I started going to school, man. I started going to school. I started going to school. I just started going to school relentless. I got stationed up at Allison Air Force Base, started going to school. Mm-hmm. By the time I was a tech surgeon, I had a master's degree. Oh, well. So I went into the education office one day, and I saw a flyer that said, we're looking for a criminal justice instructor at mm-hmm. Central Texas College. And I applied oh, wow. and got hired. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, and, I, and I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. They hired me because I had a degree. Yeah, right, right. So I go in there and I faked it for a while till I got the hang of it. But the key to that is for 15 years, I taught college from tech yeah. sergeant to chief master sergeant. Oh, wow. So I retired. So I just developed this very big, um, like I said, I just love to learn, man. I just yeah. became addicted to learning. When you're, I don't want to say when your mind was closed, but when you had 20 years of your life, 21 years of your life, you didn't read. You didn't fill your mind up with anything. I didn't have the internet to kind of Google everything. And when you discover that there's a world out there that you can fill your bucket up with knowledge, it became something of like, man, this is what I want to do. So, you know, I was very fortunate to get the job at AU as my last gig. So when I retired, man, I had a, a lot of great connections out in the world. And, uh-huh. and I, you know, at AU, I used to speak about 100 plus times a year on stages all over. Oh, man. You know, so when it came to public speaking, it, you know, I spoke in a soccer arena with 7,000 people. So I didn't have a fear of, at this point, of I can, I can get up on stage and really do okay. Yeah. Right? And I knew the education piece. I knew the development piece. I knew the curriculum piece. So when I, when I, when I decided what did I want to do when I retired, I said, I want to help people. Yeah. I want to help develop people. And I think I got a unique way of developing people. So that's when I started Courageous Leadership Alliance. And Courageous Leadership Alliance is in the alliance piece is the big piece. So I am the owner of the company, yes, but I have a team yeah. of other people who are from industry standard to up and coming, all, yeah. of, all the range. 
that we've been fortunate over the last year to be able to provide development, keynote speaking, um, assessments, anything that you can name to all kind of customers, including NASA, yeah. uh, uh, Bradfield and Gordon, large corporations, the Air Force, um, coming up into the Space Force in 2021. So we have been very fortunate to be able to um, align. And, and, and yes, you know, with me, it's about bringing those folks like me who are underdogs or folks who have that, that, uh, yeah. that been in this space. So, so it's, it's just been a good, it's been a good thing. So, and we do consulting work. I do a lot of consulting work. So what my specialty is, is I like to bring the awareness to teams of how they can uh, perform. What's optimal performance in your organization? Gotcha. And it all starts with the ability to see each other as human beings. Correct. Right? And if you know what everyone's value proposition is, if you know what, um, if I know what role, what makes, because everybody, because you can't broad brush the organization. No, not at if all. If you have 15 people, you have to know what all 15 of those people get up in the morning and what makes them want to get in the car to drive to your building and walk yeah. through your door. For sure. You control everything after that. Mm -hmm. You control actually how much money you make based on the factors that I just mentioned. Yeah. How do you put profitability um, into those equations? Mm -hmm. If I feel a certain type of way, then I'm going to feel a certain type of way about your organization. Yeah. When I worked at McDonald's, the management was crap. Yeah. Not that McDonald's was crap. The manager was crap. So you, do you think that I got out of my car and saw some paper on the parking lot that I felt like I needed to pick that paper up in the parking lot on my way in? No. <laughs> I didn't feel connected to the organization. I felt like I needed to clock in, flip a couple of your burgers, clock out, and get in my car. Because yeah. that's yeah. the environment and the culture that you set. Yeah. But on the flip side, I worked at a seafood restaurant as a kid that made me feel like part of their family because it was a family-owned restaurant. Yeah. And you know what? I would leave there when it, the work was, I don't care if, if I was in a dish room and, and all of that stuff and I was done with everything I could do in the kitchen crew, which was family of most of them was still working. I would go help them. Yeah. I felt like I was a part. If there was paper on the ground, I would sweep the parking lot because they made me feel like I was a part of the organization. Yeah. So I try to show that might sound a simplistic way, but you'll be shocked. That, oh, no, you, that there's a difference. I mean, you see it in the military, you see it on the outside of the military. Mm -hmm. But in the military, you know, we have forcing mechanisms to make people do things. And we can, we can shave those forces me uh, forcing mechanism with people are happy. Mm -hmm. exactly. Be because no, no one is speaking out. Yeah, exactly. You know, until the deox. Yeah. <laughs> 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 How dare you? <laughs> but, you know, I tell you, in a civilian company, you have those same people who may not say something for 20 years. For sure. And they might have just got a check. But you could have missed out on an opportunity to somebody who could have had a game-changing idea in your organization. Who could have took you from, you know, first quarter earnings, you know, being high to first quarter earnings being off the charts. If you motivated their curiosity. For sure. You know, and so, you know, long story, long explanation, but that's what I do now for quite a bit of folks, and I enjoy it. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> it does sound amazing. I mean, like a dream job. Yeah, that's, I mean, those, that's, I mean, um, I always 
not only say joke, but I always tell Roy, like, he is one of my mentors and he knows that. He's a person I call at, I yell at when I'm angry. He's a person I call and I cry when I feel like the world's being unjust to me, you know. But um, you're right. I mean, that that's that is a, a part, a main part of what our conversations are almost always about, um, especially, you know, that now he's in a supervisor role as I pick his brain. I'm like, so like, what are you doing? Like, how are, well, how are you treating your team? Like, and we, and, you know, and, and um, you know, most of the time I don't have many suggestions he hasn't thought of, but <laughs> um, you know, those are, you know, we love that stuff and we're so big on that, especially in recruiting because um, in recruiting, not everyone's a great recruiter, but that's okay. You don't have to be a great recruiter. You know, there are so many different jobs in recruiting that, you know, me and Roy always talk about that is like, what are what motivates the people like you said like I know that my um you know one of the recruiters that I work with now uh although they are a good recruiter they're even a better MEPS person and they know that too they're like man I you know I love MEPS like I love that facet of it so like that and so granted this recruiting job they do because you know they kind of have to but like you said if we could I was like we need to try and get you to MEPS because if we could get you there I couldn't imagine how much, how, how it would thrive if we could get you in that environment. Cause that's what the environment that you feel like you thrive the most in. And so yeah, no, I, I get it. Absolutely. Don't, don't take for granted, you know, what someone's happiness and satisfaction can do to an organization. Right. Yep. And, and too many times we try to force people into things that, that, that look the same, right? Everyone needs yeah. to be a leader. Not yeah. everybody's <laughs> I'm sorry. Not, no, not everybody yeah. is built for leadership. You're right. Yeah. It's just the truth. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't I'm care on. if I send you to 25,000 schools. Oh, yeah. Nothing is going to solve some of the deficits. Some people just are inherently not great leaders. Yeah. And I will tell you, and, and I don't know if you guys ever did any disassessments or Myers-Briggs assessments we or have. anything. Like we that. both have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very telling, right? For me, I know that I'm a high ID, which is, you know, um, yeah. you know, you know, I have <laughs> yeah. a dominate, I have like a dominating personality and I have a trick, but I know when it comes to the admin piece or a tolerance for people not making decisions or, mm-hmm. or, or I, I know myself, right. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. to be completely in tune with who, who you are to be effective. Correct. And, yeah. Until you are in tune with yourself, you can't really understand and respect what everyone else is. So I tell you, I've used those things. Some people just take them and go, oh, it was cool and we paid some money and it was a great development opportunity. No, I use a lot of those things for people I hire. Let me tell you, you know, how, you know, how I hired most of my execs as a command chief. I had a a lot of execs and 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 you can call it what I can care less if they can do admin work. I can care less about anything, actually, when it came to that. <laughs> I actually can care less about their skills. Yeah. And, and most of them were totally weirded out by my interview process. I mean, one exec I hired, we talked for 45 minutes, and literally I wanted to know what was his top 10 favorite restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> I, wanted find, I wanted to know what his top 10 restaurants were, and not only did I want to know his top 10 restaurants, because I want I wanted to invoke a happy thought, right? Yeah. And I and then we talked about food for thirty minutes, you know. And yeah. I want and we talked about places, things he liked to do. I wanted to know what kind of person and what kind of things motivated him that were may not be these things, right? Mm-hmm. I hired another exec 
based on 45 second handshake. We we shook hands for 10 seconds. I met I met her in the and somebody brought her introduced and I said, "You're you know come talk to me tomorrow." She was already hired. Mm. Hmm. From that interaction. Yeah. Because after that interaction, I watched her how she interacted around other people for the next 20 minutes. I was in that space. Yeah. That's all I needed to know. And yeah. it turned out to be one of the greatest people I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. So you have to know, um, it might sound unorthodox, but I know that I have low tolerance for things and I have, you know, I know who I am. Yeah. So um, when you talk about not everybody is uh, built to be a leader, not everybody is built to be a follower. Not everybody is built to be mm-hmm. an admin person. Not everybody is built to be um, an out front person. Mm-hmm. You just got to know the strength and weaknesses of the people who are around you and then use them for those things that they are so good at. Yeah, I, I joke with my, my I joke with my wife because she she thinks the fact that I would like want to be a leader or you know supervisor or something is disgusting. She's like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't be responsible for people. But it's crazy because she is so good though at reading people and being empathetic to them. So she's she's become uh, very much like the person I consult. I'm like, hey, this is how I handled this situation. How would you feel if you were the if you were the you know the employee or whatever have you? She's like, well, probably could have gone this way. And she's like, but you know, I get where you're coming, you know, blah blah. And I just think it's so funny though because I'm like, you know, you'd probably be a good like manager. She's like, no, because I don't want to do it. She's like, it's okay, it's easy for me to do it here because there's nothing attached to it. Like I can give you advice, but if I was put in that situation, I would I would it'd be abysmal for me. <laughs> And that's the same way my, I tell you, my wife is one of the, the, the greatest talents I've ever seen at a job. I mean, mm-hmm. she, even in the service and now out of the service working here, up here, well, three, I mean, just, I can't even, I can't hold a matchstick to her capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. She's saying, wait, I don't ever want to be in charge of people. Again. <laughs> <laughs> that is her thing. When she got out of the Air Force at 11 years, she was like, never. Yeah want to be in charge of people. <laughs> I'm done. Because then you're like obligated to like, you're like, oh, I have like, I ha- like I'm responsible. I want to be responsible. But I am the polar opposite. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be in a meeting. I don't want to know the processes. I don't want to be a part. I want to lead as many people as you can give me. <laughs> give me. Give me all of your personalities. Give me all of your challenges. Give me all of the drama that comes along with leading. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to show up for 10 hours a day and just deal with it. Yeah. You <laughs> know, and it takes a special type of crazy for you. You're right. And sometimes I wonder why I was that special type and still am. It's like, I want to be like, mm-hmm. you know, I remember when I was a, uh, I was a master surgeon. I, you know, I used to always want to go to, I don't want to call it the worst, but I used to always want to go to the most challenging section. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, would, I would get back from a deployment and they would be like, hey, you know, I'm like, send me to the flight with the most problems. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> and it was always like a challenge. I, I'm just going to be honest. I love, I love the art of leadership. Yeah. And, um, and I'm not, and that's not saying, you know, I'm patting myself on the back that I was some great leader. I'm going to tell yeah. you, it's a lot of things I'm not good at. Like my EPRs probably were never on time. My decks were probably never on time on my flight. I mean, <laughs> there were, 
my admin probably was terrible. Yeah. But my people were always good. Yeah, for sure. So, so I prided myself on the people aspects mm -hmm. versus everything else. And even, you know, to the point where, you know, rules are rules and we follow rules and standards. But, you know, it was always about how can I elevate this person even if they messed up. For sure. You know, it wasn't a straight LOR, LOC. It wasn't a straight you fired. It was mm -hmm. always how can I make everyone around me better? Because it goes back to you say we never forget where we come from. Yeah. Somebody has made me better. Mm -hmm. If I didn't meet that master who basically taught me how to read <laughs> and write yeah. and, and write like a human being supposed to write. Be an adult. <laughs> you know, like he showed me that there was something called, you know, periods and commas and that everything was just a run on sense. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're like, you're like punctuation, like what you punctuation? Like, what is you mean I, you mean I can't just write two hundred words? <laughs> what do you mean? All lowercase. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember a couple of times he asked me, like, how did you get in the Air Force? And I'm like, every every answer is C. <laughs> C. C. On my third time of the ASVAB, sir. On my third time. <laughs> I, put it, I put one D that put me over the edge. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, on, the, on that time, I kind of had a gist that, you know, the longer answers were probably the right answers. <laughs> <laughs> process of elimination Pretty much. got me in the air force there son <laughs> that's that's right that's right that's how it works now you're so right. no i'm just you know it's just it's just one of those things man that you know um you know we talk about you know we talk about this it's, it can be fun and it should be fun mm -hmm. yeah. just you know and, and that's what i talk you know we talk about and i know you got some of the guests you've had you know, you had my sister ND on here, you know, and I will tell you, you know, we retired probably seven, eight months apart. And this is the thing, regardless, it's not about rank when you transition. One of the first things I told you guys, hey, man, cool. You called me chief when you came on here, but my mama named me Todd Simmons. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but transition should be fun. And, you know, I don't know if you guys are on social media with her, but she has fun. Oh, yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Yes. She has a lot of fun. Too much. Yeah, this chapter of life, man, this, this second chapter of life is a gift. For sure. It's a gift. Just think about what you have to do, man. You, well, you're down there in Miami. Down there in Miami, man. You know, I'm just saying, just, you know, and th but this second chapter, both of you will get out of this chapter and you're going to, you got great lives right now. You got things going for you. It doesn't matter what rank, what E at yeah. the end, your ID card. And I pulled out my ID card three times in the last 11 months. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, that's three times I had to go to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's going to be another, there's going to be a chance for you to be who you, you know, who you always wanted to be. Yeah. You know, at 18, 19, 20, when you joined the Air Force and you had about $24 in a pair of Jordans, you, you weren't, you know, you, you didn't see this, this future that you can have right now. You know, you yeah. talk about owning your own home in San Diego, down in Miami, chilling. I'm telling you, there's a great opportunity. So for me, I ran into my second chapter yeah. and I advise everyone to go into their second chapter, not walking, running. Yeah. Sprinting. Yep. You know, and, and, and it's no regrets. I mean, I, I used to feel guilty my first 90 days out that, that I wasn't talking enough about missing the Air Force or I wasn't doing <laughs> this. Or, 
you know, I wasn't putting on my ABUs or walking around the house or yeah. something crazy like that. Just you a know? little nostalgia today, guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, little throwback Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and I'm not, and look, I got a lot of friends who retired because I've obviously been, you know, been in a long, long enough to have, but, and I don't fault anybody no, yeah. for having me, right? You know, yeah. I have this kind of a memory wall behind me. Like, you know, yes, I went through my right. phone and I got a bunch of other pictures. I went through my phone and I looked for the moments mm-hmm. that I, you know, I had over the last, you know, five, six years of having that phone and some great moments. And I, and I just, you know, got this company printed pictures and they sent them to me already framed and stuff. But, and it's a good reminder. I, this is my yeah. home office. I walk in here, I look up there and I got some great reminders of great friends, of mm-hmm. great moments of great people I've met around the world. And I'll probably end up having about a hundred of those pictures on the wall in this office when it's all said and done. And that's my remembrance, right? That's my chapter. But as I move in this second chapter, you're going to start seeing the new chapter of pictures. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and eventually the new chapters will probably rope around and maybe start replacing some of those pictures. I don't know. Those memories are great, but I'm making new memories. For sure. And that's what I tell you that it's no fear out here. This is, yeah. you know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to get out or you're going to transition and you shouldn't have fear. And that goes for anybody who's listening, who may be like three, four years in. Yeah. Same thing. It doesn't matter how long you do four years, 20, 30, doesn't matter. You served and prepare yourself to be Cameron and prepare yourself to be Roy. Yeah. Greatest life lesson I've had. Is back back to that wax on wax off like I said. <laughs> I never retired thinking I made it anywhere. Yeah. Life just. I never <laughs> I, I never retired and said I won. Yeah. You know I retired and I'm moving on and continuing the life lessons to live the life that I want to live. Yeah. And, and if because if you do that while you're in uniform, it's a natural transition out. Yeah. And if you try to do this like break glass thing that I'm out and I'm just going to become this completely new regenerated start from square one person. You know, I don't, I don't advise you do that. I advise you take your passion and your purpose into, into your next chapter. Yeah. Instead of trying to find your passion and purpose from square one in in your next chapter. For sure. And, I, and I've been—I think Roy and I—we've been trying to talk to a lot of people about that because, um, you know, we—we we always talk about we want to create our own recruiting, our own consulting firm or agency or whatever for recruiting because we love it. We know we're best friends. We're good at it, and so uh, I started taking those steps now. You know, the the podcast was kind of a catalyst to kind of what you're talking about was build build Cameron. You know, now you know six years out from my possible retirement and. Um, you know, LinkedIn, you know, talking to service members, trying to explain to them the advantages of this, advantages of that, making connections now, putting my name out there now. And uh, it does always throw a lot of people off uh, w- civilian sector because they're like, wait a minute. So you're still in the middle, like you're still active. And I'm like, yeah, why, like, why, what's the big deal? And they're like, no, no, it's just like, you don't see that a lot. Like there's not, it's always like they get out, then stuff starts. And they're like, you're still cool. six years from retirement, but you're, all of, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that. And I'm like, well, cause you know, me and my partner, like, we don't want, we don't want the other boots to drop on us. Like we want the boots to stay up there. And then we just keep, keep rolling, just keep it, keep it moving. 
Yeah, and, and I used to tell people that, man, and, and, and some people will look at that different ways. Like, I would say probably 10, 15 years ago, you'd yeah. probably be crushed for doing something oh, you're doing 100%. now. Oh, um, 100%. But, <laughs> but, but, but it's about, I believe what you're doing, and, and you're not the only one, right? I've mm -hmm. seen this grow over the last year. I mean, I've, sure. I have a former chief who also has a podcast yeah. on the West Coast out in California and a lot of other people, right? Oh, to the Llama Lounge? No, no, that's that's one, but it's oh. also um, man. What's the name of his podcast? I just he just he just talked talked to me about it last week. It's called uh, Unpopular Celebrities or something like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's pretty. It's, it's pretty cool. So we should leave that. And I'm almost sure that's the name. You can look at my social media because I because he did I did I did it with him a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Um, um, he, but, but you, but I think this makes you a better airman yeah, because definitely. think about, think about the feeling that you get when you get to do something that you are passionate about. That's not in this structured environment because mm -hmm. you're, you're a great recruiter, yeah. but you get in, and that becomes something you just, you know, galloping along. Right. Yeah. But you, yeah. Be, and I, and I always use this word creative. You heard me use it about four or five times, but, you, but, you, but, there's not a lot of creativity you can sometimes put into that. For sure. But when you can develop something that's yours, it's creative, mm -hmm. it's so outside of your norm of what you do every day, that's yeah. called passion. Yeah. And that passion comes yeah. into a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, like I told you about teaching for 15 years, yeah. I teach today. I love teaching. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. I had a friend the other day ask me, why do you still teach college? You make enough money not to teach college. I don't teach college for the money anymore. Yeah. I teach it because I just got an email from one of my students and said, I'm a senior. You've been my instructor for most of the last year and a half. I so appreciate I I do it because of that. I do it because I know the power of learning how to learn. Right? So right now you guys are just living your passion, which is gonna turn into purpose. And if you go side by side over the next six years, if you decide to retire. You're going to retire a better human being because you're retiring with a passion and a purpose. For sure. No, you're right. And people always ask me that, like, why you why did you do the podcast? I'm like, man, this is this is we did it because it's just pure passion project. We mm -hmm. don't we're not trying to make no we're not trying to make any money off of it. We we just love it. Yeah, but you but who knows in six, seven, eight years where it goes? Correct. Exactly. You know, it wasn't like follow, follow, you know, follow your passion and your heart. Things will work out. <laughs> because what you're learning now builds you for tomorrow. You started out saying, hey, you know, we're new at this podcast and we're trying to get some things, you know, doing this and we're doing this. It's a learning lesson every day. You're yeah. learning the technology. Piece. You're learning like what works and what you're learning marketing skills. You're learning how, how the audience responds to certain things. Mm -hmm. You're learning, you're learning valuable skills for yeah. something that may pay off for you in the future. For sure. Absolutely. We're going to get Roy some technology oh, skills. <laughs> I was actually, yep. I was actually yeah, shooting yeah. at Ford Roy. <laughs> hey, hey, it, it's rough out here. You know, like, um, I know the last time, like Cam, he was, uh, he was training. So I had to run the whole production by myself. That was like the scariest, yeah. hardest thing I could do. Like that week, um, I got through it. I got through it, um, and then unfortunately, my computer crashed. So I still got to figure out how to recover that. What uh, the one episode he had to record? 
the one episode I had to record by myself, uh, computer, like, I don't know. But I will say, even, like, just in this conversation that we had, like, I've learned even more. Uh, I think that's, like, the, the fun part about doing these podcasts because we talk to so many different people from all different walks, from all different organizations and agencies and nope I'm calling. wait you were just talking about technology and we lost roy i think i think so, someone someone called someone probably called it. that's why his picture disappeared <laughs> but you know, just like you were mentioning i would tell you you were mentioning uh you know we're talking about the passion and the purpose and you were mentioning, you know, you saw me on the, the new normal with, with, you know, with Chief Master Sergeant Air Force, right? Yeah. And, and you know, you know, and, and we give, you know, he's, you, and, I, and that's what reminds me of you and Rory, right? Accountability partner. Mm-hmm. In, this, in this world, if you don't have an accountability partner, you're missing out on one of the biggest things, right? Mm-hmm. So if Rory can't call you and go, no, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, no, nah, that's not it. Yeah. And if you can't call Roy and go, hey, I see you. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. Yep. But that oh, ain't it, brother. <laughs> oh, it's gotten it's gotten bad. Even my wife does it. I mean, I'd say, hey, you know, I I just said, did you talk to Roy about this? And I was like, hold oh, yeah. up. I'm a grown ass man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I talking to Roy? I don't need to consult Roy. <laughs> you know. And then I call him and I say, hey, Adrian, I need to call you about this. <laughs> and, and, and you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the core. You mentioned that. That's the, you know, what you saw on that episode is pretty much us all the time, right? Yeah. The yeah. core of our friendship is that accountability. For sure. And for I will sure. tell you a lot of things that's been successful in my life the last two years because of that phone call. Mm-hmm. Hey, yep. this, is what I'm, this is what I'm doing. Man, why are you doing that? And I, sometimes, and I don't know what part of the episode you saw, I was all excited because I like to like tinker in some woodworking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm about to go to school to become a master woodworker. And he just started <laughs> laughing at me. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> because, you know, because, you know, like, I'm the person who does too much. I, I feel like you and I, we're just... <laughs> so, I will take on 20, I mean, like literally I have about three jobs that, you know, I'm working on my company and I yeah. teach college and, and I'm doing some consulting work. And someone offered me a job yesterday and I actually thought about taking it. You're like, you know what, number four, I could, I could do this on I even I even told them I had all of these things going on and they were like, well, you can, ju- you can do that too. And I'm like, yeah, for yeah. a split second. <laughs> Because the old me would have probably figured out a way to do it. Yeah. No, you're, yeah. And, the, and the new me is trying to, to, to figure out how do I enjoy life more. Yeah. You know, like one thing I do now, you know, I got a, I got a platinum membership at Top Golf, right? Oh, so that those, forces those are, me. Those are dope. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's right next to my house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so it, it forces me to go in the middle of the day because mm-hmm. I work for myself. Yep. When I'm at home for a week or so, to go spend two hours at Top Golf. Yeah, no, for spend sure. Two, three hours at Top Golf. So, I, you know, so I have found that I enjoy that so much. So I don't allow anything to take that mm-hmm. away. For sure. So for sure. when I'm thinking about doing that fourth job, I'm going. I'm not going to be able to have this much enjoyment anymore. Exactly. I can't give that up. 
or I can't give up the, the Saturday drives to places that I like to drive, you know, and go random restaurants, you yeah. know, with my wife. I can't, I can't give that up. No, I agree. And, and, I, and that's, that's one of the things that I, that my wife works on with me as well is because uh, I'm the same way, you know, there's a couple of other recruiting job things that came down and she's like, well, would you be happy doing that? And I'm like, you know, the job would be cool, but like you said, I wouldn't be able to do that. I can't do the podcast no more because now I'm a cat. Like, you know, it's nice in recruiting. There's a lot of autonomy with whatever organization you're with, but I'm like, I can't do the podcast anymore. If I got to go report to, you know, air force recruiting service every day and be in an office from, you know, eight o'clock in the morning until five o'clock in the afternoon, it ain't going to happen. I'm like, so you know what, maybe, maybe that, that I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. You gotta have balance. Yep. So we lose, did we lose Roy forever? We lost. He, his phone died, but it, we're we're at, we're at the end. We're at, we're pretty much at the end, anyways. But yeah, his okay. his no phone problem. did die. Um, so uh, two big questions we like to ask. Um, I know, and usually the first question is a lot of the, probably what you've already said. But um, the first question is, you know, if you could give um, our listeners advice, what would it be? You know, um, just kind of something that comes from the heart, something you think that would really help kind of, I would say anybody in a general sense, be better. If I can give your listeners any advice, it would be, you know, to live your dream, to live your passion, to live your purpose. And when you look in the mirror every day, that is the only competitor you have. Yeah. The only barrier to any of those things is the person who stares back at you. Yeah. Don't worry about the white noise. Don't worry about who says this. Don't worry about what thoughts people may have planted into, into your head. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 seconds ago. Mm -hmm. The only person that can stop you from living your dreams, your person, and your passion, passion is you. Yeah. It's going to be hard. It's going to be ugly some days. It's going to be <laughs> messy. Yep. And you're, yep. going, you're going to shed some tears as a grown man and a grown woman. Yep. But the end result will be, will be something that you will, will appreciate every day for the rest of your life. Yep. So whatever is holding you back, from getting to where you need to go today, go head on yeah. every day. Head on every day. Will you fail sometimes? Absolutely. Get up and try it again. Will you fail a second time? Potentially. Mm -hmm. But success is right there at the end of that hard work. Yeah. Very, I like it. And, uh, and then obviously we like to ask what um, in your mind does scare money don't make money mean? You know, I grew up a little different, yeah. you know? <laughs> Like I told y'all in the beginning, scared money don't make money. Probably it's not. I'm sure it's, it's some kind of hidden meaning in why y'all named that. But, you know, <laughs> for me, you know, it goes back to like, you know, Roy was saying earlier, you know, my mom, you know, a lot of folks from where I'm from talk about closed mouth don't get fed. Yeah. He talked about, for me, you know, when I think of scared money and I heard the title the first time, scared money don't make money. It just means that if you ain't willing to get up and you ain't willing to go out there and break down the doors. Yeah. It ain't going to be there for you. For sure. You know, so, you know, I like the title. It can mean a lot of things. But for me, when I first heard it, it meant, you know, if you're scared. Yeah. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So, uh, all right. Well, you know, that's the end. Um, you know, I know, I know you said your book doesn't come out for a while. But obviously, if you want to tell people the name of the title again or um, if, you know, your services as far as your business or anything, this is kind of your opportunity for um, you know, to promote your business, to promote yourself. Uh, but so by all means, you know, whatever you want to tell them. 
Absolutely. So, hey, follow us on all social media, you know, Graham, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> everything. It's at Courageous Lead 3. Okay. So at Courageous Lead 3. At Courageous Lead 3. Um, you can follow us on all social, social media. We do have a small book out called 30 Days of Courageous Leadership. It's a small uh, book I put out, um, you know, easy 30 days of kind of devotional, motivational things, but have a full book published coming out with uh, a great publishing company here in March of 2021, Why Not Me, mm-hmm. uh, Born to Fail, Destined to Succeed. That should be a, a great, a great, uh, a great endeavor when it comes out. But follow us on social media. Um, we are around great partners, love what we're doing. We like to have fun. Yeah. Um, so, hey, give us a shout out, uh, share us. We appreciate it. Okay. All right. Well, that concludes. I appreciate you, sir. Uh, obviously, Roy appreciates you too. <laughs> but uh, other than that, we are done and uh, come back and see us again. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Don't learn about us.